98 KUPD, it is the hybrid COVID-19 edition of the morning sickness as we are trapped in our homes. I am in the Larry H. Miller Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram uh, super broadcast mobile unit, whatever we're calling this thing. And uh, we're doing our show quarantine from home. I got to say thanks to a few people that help us out all the time. Moon Valley Plumbing, uh, you guys have been outstanding uh, to us all the time. And I don't want to miss any of the chances I get to say uh, thank you for your sponsorship and everything else. Did you guys see our studio sponsors, Learner and Row, and their commercial with Flavor Flav? Oh, my. I don't know how I feel about that. Like I said yesterday, I think it just goes to say there's so many drunk people out there. Learner and Row can hire Flavor Flav to, to dance for them on television for our amusement. That just means we need to slow down on the drinking and driving, folks. These guys are pulling in too much cake if they got a hype man as big as Flavor Flav. But I love Learner and Row. They're great to us. So uh, thanks to them as well. Um, it is awfully strange to see that, though, because it seems like Flavor struggles with the timing of the song, which every human being in the city knows, called Learner and Row. That's the way to go. Nine seven seven one nine zero zero. I mean, that's timed. Even if I say that to you, like if I just said nine seven seven, half of the city in their car just went one nine zero zero, and some of you have had to call it. Shame. Shame. Uh, but now now they got Flavor Flav doing it, and he just misses the timing, which makes it even funnier. Uh, but they're great to us as well, so I want to say thanks to them uh, also. Um, I do want to say that I also, on Joe Pesci Day, would have been so happy to have Brett Vesley's Italian gravy ass in here. Uh, when he got his test with the doctor, I got to sit next to him, and we did blood tests as well. And uh, they did a, a quick prick of his finger. And meat sauce came out. I'm not kidding. I wish I was, but meat sauce came sh- just flying out of Brett's finger. Oh, why you got to poke so hard? You're telling me you got to poke this kid that hard just to get a little blood? I could have gotten blood from him, no problem. I tell him bleedy bleeds. Anyway, uh, the other thing I would love to have done in studio with Brett, because he loves potential racist humor, not because he's racist, but he knows that it's going to stir up trouble somewhere else. He's just kind of that instigator of, oh, boy, here we go. He's Tony Romo. He's the Tony Romo of potential off-color jokes where he's just, here we go, Jim. This is it. He's coming at us. Uh, Today's story would have been fantastic. If you're following the Marilyn Manson nightmare, Evan Rachel Wood said Marilyn Manson's ex-wife was going to release naked photos of her underage. Why did they have those? Uh, to the th- and so, which is wildly illegal. And also, um, that, and this is the part Brett would have gotten a kick out of because he knows it makes people really uncomfortable, and that's really what he's laughing at, is that Marilyn Manson used to uh, call her, like, anti-Semitic things all the time and then draw swastikas all over while she slept and everything. The dude is crazy. If all this stuff turns out to be true, the sanest part of Marilyn Manson was the lunatic performer on stage i mean the stuff we saw that was like oh this is disturbing is nothing compared to the fact that he was actually doing this stuff for real at home i don't know how deep this goes with marilyn manson but it might be time to start uh you know throwing away all the stuff here's the other thing i knew a guy well i don't know him because that would imply we're friends i met a guy at one of our shows years ago that had marilyn manson tattooed to his left uh, like his, like right above his left nipple. It was on his chest. I guess that's a pectoral, right, John? Yeah. So it was up on his pec. He had a, a Marilyn Manson tattoo. Now, he had a bunch of guys tattooed to him, uh, which I think is a little weird to begin with. But 
the tattooing thing, if you've got Marilyn Manson tattooed to your body, that's not going to be good. I don't think many people in the 80s got Bill Cosby tattoos. That one's pretty safe. Maybe some folks in Buffalo have 32 tattooed part of their body. But that was back before tattoos were like really a pop culture thing. So I doubt the OJ 70s tattoos were out. Um, there's a few weird ones. We got a guy in the building uh, who has uh, Corey Taylor tattooed to his leg. And it is obvious that's what that is. And oh my. Oh my. If Corey Taylor goes nuts, our friend Dom's going to have a problem. Another thing about Dom and his like, uh, one of the ladies here at uh, KUPD, evidently it got back to me, came into the building because they weren't exposed to what we were exposed to. And uh, she was wearing a Patriots 87 Gronkowski jersey around the building to celebrate the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl championship. Now, that's the same. Think of this, Patriot fan that wants to take credit for this. Uh, I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Antonio Brown was one of the Steelers' best receivers statistically of all time. If I wore my Antonio Brown jersey to work yesterday, I wasn't allowed to go. Wouldn't people have said, you're an idiot, Patriot fan. This wasn't yours. You didn't get this championship. It doesn't belong to you. Those guys left your team and won somewhere else. Yeah, you want to claim it as your championship, but that means you're not a Patriot fan. That means you're a Gronk fan or you're a Tom Brady fan, and that's it. Antonio Brown left and got himself a ring. My stomach spins saying that phrase. Why are Patriot fans so tied to those two? They should be angry. They could have gotten another championship in New England had those guys stuck around. Hmm? Hmm? Don't wear your Pat stuff out right now. It wasn't yours. It's the reason no one likes Patriot fans. Please stop it. All right, that's enough. I've ranted enough about all sorts of stuff. Uh, let's get back to whatever best stuff Toledo's going to play next. Oh, Debo died Debo. last night. Debo. Debo. Debo hasn't been exactly like the like a model citizen since Friday, right? Um, he didn't go to jail for a while. I, I think so, but he's. They they always said he was like they they called him tiny. He was kind of like the tiny giant. Like he was actually a nice guy in person, but yeah. he just played. You're a huge fan of the Friday. Movie. Oh, I love Friday. <laughs> Friday was great. See, I liked it. I didn't get it the way people uh, like all did. Like I thought it was funny, but I'm like, it 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 was dopey. Oh yeah, it was like the stupidest. Like the the laughs you get are like all right, and by Felicia and things like that that yeah. are legendary that come from it. The original one's great. Oh, the other two were no nah, okay. Oh, I didn't even like you know, whatever. Just, yeah, I didn't get through it all. Second one's all right. Yeah, once but once was Mike like, Epps was just in. Just like the yeah. barbecues I had growing up. Yeah. <laughs> right. I guess maybe that was my beef with Friday. I'm like, I feel like I'm trying to relate to something that I'm just never going to have any sort of ties to. Uh, you know, but, the bullying and the stuff with with maybe. Maybe I could, like I had a kid in my neighborhood. I just felt almost guilty like I was culturally appropriating to try to tie my life to things that were relatable in Friday. It's funny. But that's, that's what maybe one. makes I mean, it funny too if you, you know, it's. It's Something outrageous. different. Yeah, it's so yeah. outrageously different than my world. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't get sitting on the porch smoking weed all day. <laughs> but that first one, like, you know, Chris Tucker and oh, Bernie yeah. Mac was in it. Yeah, and John everybody. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. But it's, it, yeah, it was very much like everybody that was flipping out over it, I'm like, really? Okay. It's good. But I don't, you know, I don't want to be a guy screaming out that I loved Friday too much because then people start quoting it and I'm like, I don't, I only oh, know yeah, like by Felicia and a couple other things. But Tiny, like Debo was the man. And Debo, you know, you got knocked the f out. 
oh, and yeah. stealing that bike. The bike was hilarious. Like there were certain things on that that I do love because now forever and always, if I see a large black man on a bike, Big it's Debo. Yeah. <laughs> it's Debo. It's always Debo. And so I just giggle at that every time. But yeah, he died last night. I don't even know of, of what. Uh, they haven't said yet. I oh, just really? I just read the article, and I guess they uh, just did a welfare check on him because people haven't heard from him. And oh no, kidding. autopsy still to still to come. But he was pronounced dead on the scene. They didn't even take him to the hospital. And was um, was it a lazy eye or what was what he, he kind of had? Goofy yeah, he had eyes. yeah he had that goofy eye. Yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. sure what he was though. Yeah, Which either. made him look scary. Oh, yeah. sometimes. Yeah. He's a shot put champion. I didn't know that in uh, Division Two College, 1982. He's a national shot put champion. Finally landed it. That. Yeah. They yeah. got him to go throw it in the right direction. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, yeah. So maybe that was why. He took one in the eye once, and it, it Googled his eye out. So, yeah, it was like, I don't know why that was kind of like a, oh, like I felt bad. You, when the, well, right when you see the picture. Yeah. You, yeah. Well, the I news came over. I'm like, oh, man, Debo's dead. And he's not that old, you don't feel 62. Compared to you, he's not that old. Young, man. But if you know, like the best thing about the show Blackish, they – uh, such a hilarious episode. The the uh, father on it, Lawrence Fishburne's the dad, and it's his birthday, and he's like sixty seven or something like that. And he goes, "You know what this makes me? He goes, no, the oldest living black man on the planet." Yeah, <laughs> and they go right. through the whole thing about how black black guys don't <laughs> live that long. And I was like, like the average age. One. It was so funny because they did this huge celebration. They were calling books. Like, is he really the oldest black yeah. man alive? Morgan Freeman was involved. Like, we're not sure he's still alive. To be honest. That was so great. But, yeah, so 62, you know, when you start getting into averages per – that's not – Gotcha, yeah. yeah. gets into that weird – that, like, you hate to say it, but there's a whole category of, like, that's a scary age I remember other cultures. That, yeah, that stat they used to throw around, like, if you're living in East L.A. or oh, yeah. 34 is the average yeah, the age. The average age starts dipping way down, but, I mean, natural life can start getting into the 60s. So. Well, a lot of people were bummed because – Ice Cube's been talking about doing the re, doing a, the last Friday, the, the very last Friday, and bringing Chris Tucker back and bringing everybody back. But now everybody's dying. John Witherspoon died, yeah. and you know yeah, now, the whole thing's now going. Debo's dying, and oh, Charlie Murphy died. He wasn't in that, but Charlie <laughs> Murphy died from. He's uh, not a black guy. All of Black Jesus is what I'm saying. <laughs> all those guys that were in this were in Black Jesus. Yeah, Witherspoon was in that, and he was hilarious. He dies. Charlie Murphy dies. I'm like, they can't do any more Black Jesus. No more Friday. I didn't want any more Fridays. But Friday, like Black Jesus, to me was kind of almost like they took Friday's idea and said just add Jesus. <laughs> it's so great. The first two seasons. Don't watch the third one. It's stupid. But yeah. So uh, and people are emailing already, going, "Wait a minute." The Guinea likes a movie about black people. Twenty twenty can't get weirder. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's called uh, racial harmony. The That's blacks. right. And the Italians, right here, Brett represents an entire group of people that's stereotypically known to be. Uh, insulated from all other races. They don't like anything. And look, he's saying Friday's one of his favorites. So, I love that you know movie. what? There you go. I've always been shocked because years ago, Brett and I were at dinner and you were, t- <laughs> you were talking about, I think I even dropped my fork. I'm like, all right, I, I can't, I got to talk to you. Uh, you talk about how you liked all those Medea movies. No, I liked the one. I thought one was funny. <laughs> <laughs> there was some funny stuff and that see, happened in it. He loved Medea movies. Like no, he was one. Going, no, I liked I don't the know. one. I don't know. <laughs> and what a brilliant uh, laugh track. If yeah. you were in there in oh the movie theater God. with Brett. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Can you that imagine? That hilarious. <laughs> I, I had no idea. And you, you were saying, now that one's really funny. And I'm like, I was kidding, Brett. I was kidding. <laughs> Like I said, it's like going to a Medea movie. I've never understood the Medea movies at oh, all. Oh, I don't either. There was one. There was a couple funny parts in one of them. I can't remember right. which one it was now, but I don't go through and watch it. I know what funny parts they were, too, is when Medea 
physically abuses children. Yeah, like maybe. just beats the tar. <laughs> My favorite parts of the Medea movies are when like there's the one one I saw and I don't know, I have no idea which it is. Yeah. There's like 20 of them. She swings a pan at a little girl's head and just misses and then threatens to like destroy her like with a joke like has fist clenched. You got to remember there's a man in a dress. The the physical yeah. disparity between a 9-year-old girl and this dude is huge. And Medea is going to light this little girl up with abuse. And then they have, like, it just flips to the most dramatic scene I've ever watched about uh, abusing kids. Like, it just goes down, like somebody else hits a hits somebody, and it's just like, bah, bah, bah. <laughs> I'm like, no, we were just laughing at Medea swung with a pan at a kid and would have taken her head off. It would have killed her. That's why he's worth $400 million. <laughs> hey, He's true. a billionaire now. That dude's I crazy. Pretty close, Medea's yeah. worth $400 million just in merch. It's crazy. So the Medea movies always made me laugh at the most inappropriate times. Oh, yeah. Because they'll have, like, the most dramatic thing happen right after. They they do almost do the exact same thing. Like, Medea is horrible. What a horrible human being. Yeah, but you, you liked uh, Boys in the Hood. Love Boys in the Hood. That's one of my favorites. And I, and I liked it so much because, you know, unlike Friday, I didn't understand sitting on a porch smoking weed all day. But Let's I talk did. to our promotions department. They'll, they'll tell you all about it. <laughs> I did get completely... I could relate to Roland with the '60s, not the years, Brady. The avenues. No, it was out there, man. I was, I was. That was my set. I get both. See, I was one of those Crenshaw mafia motherfuckers, and I yeah. had lived it. That's so, what you liked yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, I was like, man, this is. They nailed it. Yeah, boys, like, oh, boys in the Hood. That's phenomenal. my six four. Boys in the Hood <laughs> is a phenomenal. I remember being in the theater when the trailer came up for Boys in the Hood. We were, we were there for something else. And uh, it came up, and then Boise in the hood came yeah. up, and the entire audience in Mesa's, uh, you know, I think we were at uh, Three Fountains Four. Yeah. And the thing, boys in the hood. And the whole audience goes, <laughs> you literally just heard this. As all these white Gilbert uh, Mesa Mormons were like, I'm not seeing that. And all of them lined to up to get tickets. Yeah. yeah Mr. 17. I, I remember. My friend Kevin Shirley took a girl on a date to see it, and he came back and goes, I'm telling you, it's great. And all of us, it's seriously, guys, and we saw it, and then like a couple days later, I'm like, that movie is phenomenal. Yeah. Because we didn't think we could relate to some gang movie in L.A. It was great. So, yeah, I mean, all that said, it is weird how culturally, and then you start doing that. I had a, a conversation with a, a friend of mine who is black, and he said, now, he said, you talk about, because we were talking about movies aimed specifically, targeted at a race. You know, like Friday is definitely like it's for black people uh, at heart. And but if you know if you enjoy it, that's fine. But this is who they want to get that audience: barber shop, things like that. The yeah. relatability is more towards Stomp the yard African Americans, right? But you know they'll get people who enjoy it from other cultures. But they have the target. He said, "Now put yourself in my shoes. Every goddamn movie other than that is aimed at you." Yep. And I'm like, whoa! <laughs> Just like a ton of bricks. He goes, "We get like five a year tops, and three of them suck." And I'm like, man, that's true. And he says something that just aimed at us. It like gives you your thing. And I'm like, I never even thought of that. So then I just started to feel really bad for Mexicans. They don't get anything. Man, Cheech and Chong ain't doing that. Was it? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. It was the last I can remember too. Uh, and none of the like once nothing. upon a Mexico, no, once upon a time in Mexico. No, it's all just drug cartel. Yeah. Movie. The only thing you could ever tie back to a Mexican movie is us fighting them over drugs. Now, Selena, S.A. Where is that? <laughs> Anything with Edward James almost in it, you're, you're gold. But I he's mean. always in jail. It's never, like, uplifting. He's Coco. Always... Pixar's Coco. Yeah, right. 
one. But yep, that's like it was a it's a search. And what is that? Like four years old now? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's so I started thinking about that. We I, you do, and there's you know that whole white privilege thing that I think is getting a little bit too much play. Uh, you start realizing, wow, movies are easy for us. It's like. Why would you want to watch Gwyneth Paltrow and Ben Affleck fall in love if you're a black guy? On the flip side, we get a lot of crap ones, too. Oh, we get horrible <laughs> movies. I don't want to see Ben Affleck no. and Gwyneth Paltrow doing anything either. But I heard, I mean, Winston, you know, he's like, I love The Notebook. Oh, Winston's just, big on that. Favorite. He's a sucker for romance. Yeah. We know. Wynn is a uh, Reggie, too. My, he's my he's guy's probably a, watching the Hallmark Channel right now. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> 